0: God is with you. Let us pray. God of bandit places, love that demands our all, reveal to us our wounds and give us grace to know our neighbor, tending us with foreign hands. Through Jesus Christ. Amen. Today, we have one of the most iconic passages in Luke, in the Christian tradition, and in religious history as a whole, the Good Samaritan. The parable's colloquial title is the namesake for hospitals, shelters, and meal programs. Despite the ubiquity of its name, the familiarity can be deafening. It's easy to lose sight of how challenging and transformative the parable can can be. For me, this parable continues to disrupt and dismantle my habits, my thoughts, and my goals. It continually tears me down to build me back better. Let's dive in. Jesus is making his way to Jerusalem. Here he tells a story about life on the road while he is on the road. Along his road trip, a lawyer comes up to Jesus and asks a legalistic question. What's most important? What's most important in the scripture? Jesus turns the question back on the lawyer, and the lawyer answers, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind, which is the Shema, hero Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. This is something everybody knew was the most important passage. But then he adds, Love your neighbor. Jesus and the lawyer are on the same page on this, and then the lawyer gets tricky. He says, Who is my neighbor? How many people do I have to love? Just my family, the person who lives next door, Fred Rogers, who is my neighbor? Jesus answers with a story, a parable. A man was going from Jerusalem to Jericho. He got attacked by robbers. He was beaten and left dead on the side of the road. A priest goes by, but he crosses the street to avoid the injured man. A Levite, same deal. Both of those first two are leaders in the injured man's cultural and religious heritage. They are on the same team. They're wearing the same jerseys. Then a Samaritan goes by. This guy is from a different team. He's from the team that has just rejected Jesus and endangered his life and the lives of the disciples. To understand this, we need a little Samaritan refresher course. Who are the Samaritans? Samaritans inhabited the area between Galilee and Judah in what was the northern kingdom of Israel after the kingdom of Israel split into Israel in in the north and Judah in the south. Samaritans were largely descendants of people who lived in that region during the Babylonian exile. They worshipped the God of Israel, Yahweh, and their sacred text was an abridged version of the Pentateuch. Their holy place was Mount Gerizim, which is where Samaritans celebrate Passover to this day. There are actually about 800 Samaritans still living out there in the world and practicing. Samaritans did not support worship in Jerusalem, which is why they rejected Jesus when, in Luke 9, he was on his way to Jerusalem. It's odd, then, that Jesus chooses a Samaritan as the example of someone who loves their neighbor. Jesus illustrates the significance of hospitality by venerating the very people who had just rejected him. By choosing the Samaritan in this story, Jesus is saying what matters most is to this loving God and neighbor is not piety, it's not heritage, it's not class or social status. To use some churchy terms, for Jesus, what matters most is not orthodoxy, orthodoxy, but orthopraxis. Right practice, right behavior, not right belief, right belonging, or right identity. The Samaritan in Jesus' story sees the wounded Hebrew man. He does not turn away. He sees him and has pity on him. He stops what he is doing and he cares for the man in the ditch. He cleans the man's wounds, puts the man on his own animal. Takes him to an inn, spends the night, and the next day he leaves money and the promise that he will return. The Samaritan is generous with his time, his health, his emotions, and his money. If ever we are looking for a model for how to love neighbors, this is it. Time, emotion, health, and finances. That is what it takes to love. Show mercy with your time, health, emotions, and money. But who is our Samaritan? Who is it that we despise? From whom is it challenging for us to receive love and mercy? There are plenty of Samaritans out there for us today. The good gun lobbyist, the good pro-lifer, the good Supreme Court justice. One of the key aspects of this story is that there's no conversion. The Samaritan shows mercy and doesn't change. They're still a Samaritan at the end. What matters is... It's their love and mercy, not their beliefs. On the 4th of July, a gunman murdered seven people at a parade in Highland Park, Illinois. Most of the world has already moved on, moved along the road, and we've turned a blind eye to the person in the ditch. Two of the seven who were killed were Irina and Kevin McCarthy, a couple. As they lay dying, their two-year-old toddler was there, suddenly alone and trapped under the body of the father. How many people saw the boy there alone and bloody, I don't know. But I do know that a woman named Lauren Silva took that child to a safe place, cleaned his wounds, wrung out his father's blood from his socks, and made sure that the child was cared for until he was united with his grandfather. Does it matter if Lauren Silva was a Democrat or a Republican, if she was pro-life or pro-choice, if she gives money to the NRA, or to every town. What matters is how she cared for a toddler in his time of need. I know this story is hard to hear, but it has always been hard to hear. It forces us to consider the goodness and mercy of people we don't like. Jesus' point is that love of neighbor is not a question of distance, class, beliefs, or affinities. The neighbor is one who shows mercy or who needs mercy. A neighbor is anyone to whom we are attached through the fibers of mercy. Who is your neighbor anyone and anything that touches your heartstrings those fibers of mercy the people we love and the people we hate the woman in the closing planned parenthood and the protester outside the family we celebrate and the family we'd rather forget The trees are neighbors, the birds are neighbors, the mountains are neighbors, whales, foxes, sharks, bears, rats, cockroaches, the water, the rock, the sand, the mud, planets, moons, stars, in this ever-expanding universe, everyone and everything is our neighbor. Okay, okay, you say, that's beautiful, but it's also overwhelming. There's a 30 Rock episode in which the intern Kenneth volunteers at the animal shelter and he ends up adopting every dog in New York City that is about to be euthanized. As you can guess, it doesn't work out. Don't be Kenneth. So the question remains, how do I prioritize my time, my affections, my resources? If everyone is my neighbor, how do I determine where and how I love. In medicine, the term for distinguishing between priority of care is triage. How do we do neighborly triage? Here's what Jesus says. Go to those who need you. Go to those who are suffering, go to those who are ignored, go to those who are on the verge of death without help, go to those you fear, go to those you despise, go to the fool in the mirror, go to the poor, go to the sick, go to the mean, the cruel, the emotionally deaf, go where you have eyes to see pain that others do not see, go to those who need love most. Go where you can pass on the love you have been given. Go where you can show mercy. Go where you can love, because love is our purpose. You can go anywhere. You will find people in need of love anywhere. You will find your neighbor everywhere. Everyone is your neighbor.